What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Everything But Hockey. I'm your host, Andrea Helfrich. And in celebration of Pride Month, I am so excited to have one of my colleagues on the show today. She's a member of the LGBTQ community, and she recently got done producing a killer docuseries called New Heights. It spotlights inclusivity in the sport of hockey and does such an amazing job of telling stories that need to be heard. And hers is one that need to be heard, needs to be heard as well. So I'm really excited to have her on the show. Lauren Tancredi is a senior video editor for the Flyers. But like I said, she took on a completely different role recently as a producer. So we're going to learn all about her and the show right now. You are the very first colleague I've gotten to have on the show, which is really cool. Oh, really? Yeah. You are that is it. Cool. I know. I'm excited. How many years have you been with the Flyers? Six? It'll be six. Yeah, really soon. Yeah. Six in October. Yep. Did you always want to work with the Flyers? Was that a dream? Yeah. So, um, so right out of college, um, I, I got a job as a runner for CBS sports in New York. And basically I just got coffee and like got lunches and stuff like that for people for like about a year, but I got to work in the studio at the NFL today and rode to the final four. I got to go to the AFC championship. So like that was my intro into sports and I grew up playing sports. And so being able to, you know, be in production or around production with sports was really, really cool. Um, and I met the vice president of post-productions there. And, you know, he basically asked me what my ambitions were. And I, and I told him. And then over that summer, they brought all their edits in-house. And he asked me, he said, do you want to be hired as an assistant editor? And I was like, yes, <laughs> you know. So, um, so I started working as, a, as an AE for them. And um, that was fantastic. It was, it was nine months out of the year. Um, so then I freelanced around New York around that time, I was up there for about four and a half, five years. Um, and I worked at a lot of different places. I mean, like I, I, through CBS, I did the Tour de France. I was in France for uh, an entire month and we followed the tour. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I always, I'm from this area and I always kind of knew that I wanted to move back down here eventually. So I was kind of putting feelers out to see if there was anything available. And um, a friend of mine who I'd worked the US Open with uh, was working for Versus at the time, which was at the Comcast Center in uh, in Philly. And he said, they're looking for editors. And I'm like, perfect, great. So I interviewed and uh, and got the job down there, moved, that was, this was like 2009, I want to say, 2010, 2009, 2010, and um, started working for Versus, which then became NBC Sports Network, um, which was really cool. Um, and then, um, and then they decided I was there about for about three years, they decided they were going to move everybody up to Connecticut, um, after they rebranded. And around this time I'd kind of settled down, wanted to stay down here, didn't want to move back up North. Um, so I ended up working for a small company in Malvern for a couple months. And then I got a job at Comcast corporate. So I was at Comcast corporate working in internal comms. And then I saw this job posting. And I always kind of wanted to get back into sports. Um, it was it was my favorite thing to do. And then the thought of working for a team I grew up, um, you know, being a fan of, watching all the time, was just kind of a dream come true. Um, and fortunately, you know, I got the job. And that was, what was that, 2015, 2015, yeah. You mentioned sports. You played sports growing up. What did you play? I played softball. Um, I played soccer. Um I tried basketball was not very good. Um, but softball and soccer were my two, my two passions. I played both in high school, um, softball more. So I, I 
did travel ball. Um, I was, I was really year round with that. That's awesome. You also mentioned like you planted roots here in Philly. You knew this is where you wanted to stay. Um, was that always the goal for you to come back here and to build a life here? You know, um, initially, um, I think when you, when you're 18 and you, and you leave town and I went to go away to college, I was ready to get out of this area, you know, and I went away to Penn state and I was, you know, I wanted to kind of find myself, figure out who I was. And, and then when I got to go to New York, that was always a dream for me as well. And as I was up there, I realized how much I missed this area, how much I missed my friends, my family's still down here. And I was coming down here pretty much any chance I could just to hang out. I loved New York. It was great. It just was too big for me. Mm-hmm. And here just always felt like home. Philly always felt like home. Um, and the longer I was away, the more, the more I wanted to come back. This city does that to you though. It's weird when you're here, you're like, Oh, I need to get away. But then when you're away, you're like, I miss it so much. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, the people, I mean, everything, I just, you know, like I said, I grew up in a small town in South Jersey. So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's part of me. Yeah, no, it is. It's like the fabric of our lives. Sounds like a soap opera <laughs> tagline. All my children. I don't know what I'm saying. You said something in a recent interview that you did. You said, when I was younger, I never thought I'd be able to be out at work. And that like stuck out to me so much. What age were you when you were having that thought and thinking, this is my life. I'm not going to be able to be out at work. Oh, geez. Um, well, to go back, I kind of always, kind of always known, like I was a little bit different. I, I remember being about four years old and knowing that something, not that I was necessarily gay, but I knew, I knew there was something. Yeah. Um, and as I got older, you know, I, I, I figured out kind of around the time, like 15, 16 years old, I kind of figured out what it was. And being from a small town, um, I was terrified. And so I kind of kept that, kept that within. Uh, I came out to my parents the summer between when I graduated high school and went, went away to college. Um, and then, you know, I went away to school and I was so terrified to tell anybody that I knew. And I had these great group of girlfriends that I met initially like freshman year. And I was so scared. I was like, they're gonna, they're gonna reject me. Like they're not gonna wanna be friends with me anymore. And I told them and they could have cared less. I mean, in a good way, you know, and they were so supportive. And to this day, I mean, they're my three best friends and, you know, we still all see each other all the time. And, um, you know, that gave me the confidence to be like, okay, like I can do this. I can be out in the world and have friends and have a life. And, but at the time still, I was like, I don't know what the workforce is like. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be out when I'm, you know, when I went to CBS sports um, and I got there, you know, New York, it's, it's super liberal, but I was still really hesitant. And as I got to know the people and, you know, become close with them, you know, as, as video production people do, it's kind of like your family because you're just with each other all the time. Living um, in the editing and, cave. Yeah, exactly. Again, same, same, same thing as, as I began to kind of open up a little bit about who I was, they didn't even bat an eye. So, and then I was like, okay, all right, I can, I can be out in the workforce. Like, this is actually kind of really, this is cool. You know what I mean? Cause I never, I never really thought. And then by the time I got down to the flyers, you know, I was old enough that um, I wasn't afraid to hide who I was. Um, and, you know, I know with working through Comcast, you know, from NBC Sports to, to corporate, that they've always been a really supportive company. Um, so I wasn't afraid on, you know, that end. Um, and just, you know, getting to know the people that we work with and just always feeling comfortable of just being, being myself regardless, you know what I mean? Being accepted for, for who I am. Yeah. It sounds like you were lucky in the sense of having a good experience with the start in college and those girlfriends that just said, okay, so what? Yeah, I know. 
I know. I, yes. And I, and I tell them that all the time, you know, it's, uh, they, they were big, a huge part, huge part of that. Um, and, you know, again, same, just working, working along some, along, alongside some great people, um, you know, at CBS sports, I met my, be- my other best friend there, uh, his name's Willie. And, uh, you know, we got really close and same, you know, just always having that support system and then being here, you you know, you know how close our team is. And yeah. And in that kind of work environment or any work environment for that matter, it's so important to be comfortable in your own skin. You said that you knew you were gay since you were about four and you didn't come out for another 13 years. So what was that period of time before you came out like? To be completely honest, um, you know, as a kid growing up, I mean, it was, it was tough, um, you know, carrying that secret around, not telling my parents initially being so fearful, you know, I had severe anxiety and, and depression as a kid. Um, and it was from that it was from it was from being in the closet. And, you know, had I was very lucky because a lot of people don't have that support system, you know, in place or um, have those positive experiences. And I can't imagine, you know, what what that's like. And that's why, you know, it's really important to me to do everything, everything I can, everything we can to, to be able to represent to show people that, you know, there are support systems out there, you know what I mean? maybe not necessarily in your family or your friend base, but like there are people around here who, you know, it's okay. And, you know, um, there are resources and things like that, you know, just to let them know. Um, you know, I mean, when I was growing up, I think I was at, I was in high school when Ellen came out, you know, for the first time. And that was a big deal. You know, nobody had done that before. Um, and nowadays it's more and more celebrities and, and role models and things of that, you know, nature are, are, are coming out and saying like, hey, listen, it's okay. I'm, you know, I'm gay. And, and I think that representation really, really matters. And representation in sports. I mean, you mentioned Ellen coming out and how big of a deal that was. I can imagine watching your favorite athlete play the sport you love. Also saying, hey, be you and we accept you for that is a really big deal, which we got to see two Flyers players saying, Exactly that, in other words, in the New Heights series. I know that this was a passion project for you. How would you describe New Heights? I would describe it as a, as a docu-series. Um, I, you know, we're so, we're, first of all, we're so proud of it and we're so kind of just ecstatic that we, that we got to, you know, put all of our resources and effort into, into something like this. It's a, so it's a docu-series where we wanted to be able to highlight areas within our community that might not necessarily get the platform all the time, um, you know, that have voices that need to be heard, that we think stories that need to be told. Um, and just to be able to show that not only is Philadelphia this really super diverse, cool community, but also Philadelphia Flyers fans and hockey fans in general, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, um, especially in, in, in national media, Philly always gets stereotyped as, as one thing. And, you know, to be able to show like, hey, listen, this is actually, this is our city. This is who we are. You know what I mean? These are the stories. These are the actual faces of people that live in the city and work in the city. Um, I think it was really important for us to be able to <clears throat> let our participants kind of guide the narrative. And you guys did such a fantastic job at doing that. Um, just to kind of fill in people who haven't seen the series yet. It is a three-part series, three episodes, each one focusing on something different. Can you walk us through what each episode is about? The first episode was uh, was about our Snyder Hockey Program, just the participants that have been within that program, uh, their success stories, what that program means to the community, the fact that, you know, rink time, um, equipment, co- coaching, all of that stuff is, is paid for, provided for you know, inner city areas, which, you know, you wouldn't think would be, you know, a hockey rink or, you know, hockey would be popular and, and just trying to show kids that, hey, listen, this is an option that you have too to, you know, 
for me, sports was an outlet as a kid in a lot of different ways. I mean, kids, you know, especially as teenagers, you go through all these different kinds of emotions. Here's an outlet, you know what I mean? Where you can like take it all out on the ice, as they said. Um, mm. And a lot of these kids used hockey um, to help them, you know, carry on into, into their lives as, as they, as they went on to college and, and such. And, um, and that was, that was really cool. So that was kind of our first episode. And that was a really quick turnaround. Um, the second one, we had a little bit more time and that was uh, women in hockey. And what was interesting about that was we got participants from uh, like a young girl just starting out, just, just starting to play to, um, to a referee who had, you know, had played since she was a little kid. She's when the NHL decides that they're going to have female referees in pro hockey, she definitely will be one, if not, you know, one of them, if not the first, I, I guarantee it. And then, um, and then also um, Kelsey Coulter, who was a professional women's hockey player who's starting her own program in, in uh, Arcadia. And that was, that was incredible just to be able to see the scope of, you know, all these different women, their experiences from beginning to end, um, what representation means, what their, what their journey was like, what their struggles were like. And, you know, us as storytellers, we want to be able to highlight, um, you know, the program, bring awareness to it, but also say like, hey, listen, maybe, you know, this needs to improve or you can, you know, volunteer or donate here to make things a little bit better for, for these girls that are playing. It's a powerful series. And then the third episode is pride focused. Yeah. I'm such a fan of the series and everything it stands for. Can you bring us back to how this came to life? What was the storyboarding process? When did you start? Yeah, well, we knew right after, was it right after New Year's? We knew, we knew this series was launching. Like I said, a lot of times things happen very quickly in our department. So we knew the first one was going to be a quick turnaround. So we, we had an idea of, of wanting to highlight stories and we, and we had a bunch of ideas of like different, you know, different communities that we wanted to, to focus on. So Snyder Hockey was first, that was out of the bucket. We were okay. We knew women in, in hockey was next. Um, and we, like I said, we had a little bit more time with that. And so we were able to research a little bit more um, and our participants shoot at different locations. Um, I think we had four shoot days um, that we were able to do. And, um, and then same thing with, with Pride Month, we had a little bit more of the lead time. Um, so honestly, it's just, myself, Kevin, uh, my, my production partner, um, like sitting in his apartment, just talking about, okay, uh, you know, with pride month, I was like, listen, you know, when I think back to the flyers and being out at work, uh, one of the, one of the greatest experiences I, has, I ever had was two years ago, you were there. Um, when we walked in pride parade, uh, behind gritty and my, children are, are young they're six and eight but this was two years ago so they were four and six at the time and they love gritty huge fans of gritty they consider him their personal friend and um to be able to say to them hey listen we're going to see gritty we're going to get to walk and just having those conversations with them like we're going to be able to celebrate families like ours because even in school they don't have a lot of kids that have gay parents you know what i mean so sometimes they're the only ones sometimes they're one of two and it hasn't really affected them that way. But again, I think that being able to see people celebrate families like ours is, is important for them. Um, so my wife and my kids were there and, um, you know, we turned that corner and I forget what street, Chestnut, Walnut, whatever we were working down. And I have the video of it and it's packed. I mean, it's side to side packed and everybody is just cheering, going crazy and Gritty's doing his thing. And I just like, I get chills thinking about it. And my kids were so excited and it was just such a special moment for my family. 
you know, um, to, to be able to see that many people come out to support families like ours, you know, people like myself and my wife, <clears throat> and for my kids to see like, hey, listen, you have a whole community, a whole city, you know, that's behind you. Even if you don't see it day in, day out, like, you know, it's there. Seeing that in person and having them both kids, even though they were, I guess, four and six at the time, they weren't being told something. They were immersed in something and they got to see love and acceptance and it, it was normal. And I feel like that is such a powerful message that can never be verbally taught, but what did they, I mean, were they talking about it after the fact? What was, what was it like the ride home? And then how did that affect them? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they were really happy. They were just, they were having a great time. They were dancing to the music. I mean, obviously they love seeing gritty. Um, and like I said, they, they kind of understand, I think, you know, a, a, a little bit about, about what that means. It hasn't really impacted them yet. They're not at that age where they feel different in any sense. And I hope they never do. Um, but I think, you know, and just having those days as a family, like the four of us all together, you know, um, and it just, it was really special the whole day. I mean, they always remember it. I mean, my daughter has a whole collage in her room and we have pictures from, from that day and stuff that are printed out. And my wife was really, she was blown away. She was really impressed, you know, with the, with the flyers were able to do what that meant, you know, um, and, and being able to walk in the parade, you know, ourselves. So it was, it was really special. So I'm sorry. I kind of no. It it was special even for me, and I'm not in your family biologically, but like I remember meeting your wife and kids. I think for the first time there, and I mean, let's just say your daughter Sailor is probably going to be a Flyers and Arena host at one. Big fan of yours. She, I'm a big fan of hers. Um, she's definitely coming for my job, and she can have it because I'll be like walking with a, <laughs> a cane by the time she's old enough. But um, yeah, no, they're adorable, and that was really cool to get to meet your whole family there and meet her. Cause I, you know, you talk about your family at work and then we get to put a face to the name is always really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. It's uh, I try and usually bring them to a game like once a year. Um, but you know, a lot of times with working and things like that, you know, games. So, but, um, but yeah, you, you know, you do, you talk about them all the time, um, you know, and, uh, and yeah, so it was nice to be able to introduce them to, to everybody and, and put faces to names. Um, but Kevin and I were talking about, what that meant and then we started talking about um you know the parade of representation what the flyers efforts have done because i feel like every year we've kind of upped the ante a little bit we've kind of done a little bit more and more um and then we started talking about okay well what what do you think that means to to the everyday flyer fan um and so that's kind of where the the idea began um so we started looking for flyers fans that were <clears throat> that were within the lgbt community um i know of uh, a woman I played softball with that's a that's a friend of my wife's um, that was the co-chair of William Way she was kind of like my first jumping point and then we knew Nora um, who had worked with Jason Tempesta before in pride planning so those were our first two early early people that we signed on and then Nora uh, grew up with Matt Gaffney who was the president of the New York Day Hockey Association which was great because we were like New York yes we can go there visually it'll look stunning it'll look different you know we were just kind of geeking out that we could that we could you know get that story lo looped in as well and then we we said you know we always like to shoot for the stars we're like what if we could get you know our you can play representatives JVR and Lawton to, to talk um I knew just from researching that JVR was one of the first athletes to sign on for you can play he was very close friends with the Burke family um 
And we weren't sure because it was right after. For those unfamiliar, his involvement with the Burke family, can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so we knew that JBR up in Toronto when he played for them uh, was very close with the Burke family. And um, he he was friends or he knew of Brendan Burke, um, who was openly gay. And Brendan tragically died after after his death. Uh, the Burke family decided to start You Can Play in his name. Um, and what that was is just trying to make LGBT visibility in sports, make that space kind of a safe space for, for those players. Um, and so JBR was one of the first athletes to sign on for You Can Play. And he's been very passionate about it. And then Scott Lawton is also our You Can Play ambassador here for the Flyers. Um, and the way he came about that was he had gone to um, Josephville and said, listen, I want to get involved within the community. Uh, you know, I want to I want to be able to give back. And Joe said, hey, listen, this is a really great cause. You know, you should you should sign on. And, and he's been our ambassador for the past several years. Um, and so we were like, great, let's see if we can get JVR and Scott, you know, to, to sit down with us. And it was kind of we weren't sure because their schedules were insane this year. I mean, they were on the road home on the road home and they were never home for more than a handful of days. Um, so we finally figured out that yes, we could get the time. And, um, and we were so thankful. I mean, they literally right after practice sat down with us um, and, you know, same thing. We're, we're doing a zoom interview where I'm, we're at skate zone and like I'm on the computer, you know, up upstairs with them. And so we weren't sure kind of what they were going to get. Like if, if it was going to be quick, whatever. And they sat down and it was the most genuine, just heartfelt conversation. I mean, Kevin and I were just kind of smiling ear to ear the entire time um, to hear them speak so candidly and nothing about their answers sounded rehearsed or, or forced. Exactly. I mean, it was, it was literally from the heart and it was immediate. And that's why in, in the edit, Kevin left my question in with their answers because JBR's answer was so immediate. Like when Kevin said, what would you say to a fan, you know, was being derogatory to, to another fan or player. And JBR is just like, boom, we don't have time for that. You know, and just being able to hear him, you know, immediately say that for me too, as an LGBT fan employee, I mean, I, I, you know, same thing. I got goosebumps. I was, I was really, really moved um, knowing that as professional athletes, the platform that they have, the visibility that they have, hearing them say those kind of things, what that was going to mean to the community. And there's another quote that was said that also was just so supportive and wonderful. Um, I think it, I don't know if it was JBR or Scott, you'd probably know better. They said an openly gay player in the locker room would not only be welcome, but fully supported by the team. It was James, but it was echoed by, by both of them. The, the sense that I got is that, you know, the locker room is just this, this big brotherhood. And regardless of, of who you are, you know, they would welcome you in and, uh, you know, with open arms. And, um, you know, to hear him say that, yeah, I, ho I hope I hope it resonated with people. And I also hope it resonates with maybe with some other organizations, put their players in front and, and say the same thing, echo the same sentiment, you know, um, and just so people can hear it over and over and over again, because, you know, to this day, there is still no out athlete in any of the four major four major sports, uh, baseball, football, hockey, and baseball. Um, and, you know, I did not know that that's a crazy fact. It's a fact. That's crazy. Players have come out after the fact, but not while playing, not actively playing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so, so from a player's perspective, I think you worry about probably what effect it would have on the locker room, 
what effect it would have on sponsorships, fan base, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I, but I do feel like that time is coming soon. Um, and we talked about that at great, great length while we were making the episode with our participants and, and otherwise. And what we think is that, you know, the younger generations seem to kind of push the ball forward. And we think, you know, eventually there's, there's going to be uh, openly gay athlete that just kind of is drafted into the pros that's already out. And that's kind of how it's going to happen. That's our prediction. We don't, <laughs> we don't know, but, um, but just from seeing, seeing the trends and stuff. Um, and then knowing that, you know, players like JBR and, and Lawton and, and others are saying, you know, listen, like, yeah, you are welcome. Um, you know, Nora talked about how the initial you can play launch video. It had Drew and Hartnell in it. And her seeing like her favorite players up there saying like, this is, this is okay. This is a safe space. It meant so much to her that it, it pushed her into becoming, uh, getting involved in you can play. Now she's like the Northeast co-chair. Um, so that was, you know, her seeing that video, like in game, what it, what it meant to her, uh, you know, propelled her forward in, in her career. Wow. That's so powerful. And they were two of our guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, really, really cool. cool. What yeah. do you hope um, the takeaway is from the episode? We still have quite a ways to go. Um, I hope that kids that are questioning or, um, you know, maybe identify or feel that the flyers that, are, you know, our arena is, is a safe space for them to come and enjoy a hockey game to, to be at. I know that myself, I have always felt that, that Philly is, is really is really uh, kind of at the forefront for LGBT activism. I, I feel the community is really really strong here. Um, I've always felt safe here, um, so much so that that's where I decided to start my family. Um, and I've I've never really had um, any negative encounters here. I've always really felt supported. Um, and I hope that you know that message gets across that like not only is the LGBT community strong really in Philadelphia, but it's it's mirrored that within the organization, within the Flyers organization, within the Wells Fargo Center. Um, you know, I, I've had a chance to, to speak to, to our bosses, to, to Valerie, you know, in regards to, to this topic um, and hearing her echo those sentiments that that's what they want to stand for. They want to make it an inclusive environment. They, they want to make it uh, a safe space for everybody. I mean, that, that goes such a long way. Um, not only for myself, but I, but I hope it resonates in fans as well. And, you know, you mentioned that you also hope that other, either teams in the NHL or professional sports across the board will see this and encourage their players to also speak on the topic. Um, how have you seen the progression in sports in terms of pride over the years, where we're at now, where we can be in the future? I think there are some organizations that do a really good job of, kind of leading the way. And, and I'm proud to say that I think we're, we're at the forefront. I really do. I really honestly do. Um, I, I think I would like to see, you know, as I look on my social feed from yesterday and today, you know, everybody's logos are all changed to rainbow and stuff like that. What I'd like to see is it kind of be a 365 day kind of thing. Not, not saying that their logos are changed to rainbow, but, but I want it to not just be for the month of June. I want it to be an initiative that they take on all year round. Um, and, you know, fortunately, again, like I know that the Flyers organization does a lot to support our community. Um, you know, they, they donated 
to William Way um, in and around in May when we had our, our Pride game. Um, there are and William Way, for people that don't know, this is the biggest LGBTQ uh, community in Philadelphia? Yes, yes, okay. yes, okay. yeah. Um, and, you know, they we have a bunch of really cool things planned in June. Uh, yeah, what are you Pride looking forward to the most? Doylestown Pride, which, mm-hmm. I'm, which I'm super excited about. We have a bunch of things planned. Stay tuned you know, to see kind of what we come out with. And the best part is we're probably coming to an area near you. Lauren, you just mentioned Doylestown. I know we've got events set up for different areas of Philadelphia. So if you want to celebrate Pride Month with us, stay locked on Flyers Instagram, Twitter. That's where we'll be posting the full calendar of events. And we'll let you know what we've got going on so you can get involved. We're a small department, but we have a, we have a packed schedule all throughout June, um, you know, to participate in, in Pride activities. So it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. We are small, but mighty. We're like Swiss army knives, you know? (laughs) That's a first that I've heard though. And I like that. That's cool. What's nice about our team is that, you know, even though they don't identify as LGBT, they they may be, you know, straight, um, you know, Kevin, Max, um, you know, Adam, Matt, they're all allies. And when I mean that, I, I mean, like, even with the pride episode that we worked on with New Heights, Kevin, even in the Cinescope boys, they were just as passionate, if not more so, about the subject material than, than even I was. And this was a passion project for me. Right. But knowing that he cared so deeply um, and took such care, you know, um, Ryan Collin and, and Zach at Cinescope and, and, and Kevin um, and Adam, you know, just watching them work and take such care. And, and you know, it, it means so much in so many different ways, especially when you're not a part of the community but you, you want to tell the story as well. But you are. And I think hearing that is them directly supporting you and your community. And that's like so cool to see. Yeah, because I mean, they don't have the same historical or background con- context that I do. You know, they didn't grow up with the same kind of things that I did, but yet they're still as passionate about it as, as I am. And it's just, it, it, it blows me away. Um, and it makes me love them even more. So... <laughs> Um, you gave a lot of great advice through this conversation, but is there any experiential advice you'd give to other members in the LGBT community that are listening to this that are either going through their journey and not having it so great, struggling coming out, whatever it is, what advice would you give them? Uh, wow, that's a big one. Um, I think the biggest part for me was finding, finding my community. And I think in whatever form that may take, um, you know, fortunately, you know, with, with the internet and social media, there's a lot of online resources out there. You know, um, there are, you know, virtual groups that you can join that are support, support groups. I know that, um, that when I initially came out, um, my parents were extremely accepted accepting uh, off the bat, but my mom had a little bit of a hard time. So she joined uh, uh, PFLAG, which is for the parents of um, uh, lesbian and gay alliances, whatever, to kind of get, you know, other parents that were going through the same thing around her um, to kind of, you know, help her kind of process, you know, what, what it was like for her. Um, and, you know, I, when I moved down here, uh, I didn't have any gay friends initially. I'd been away for 10 plus years. So I joined um, the CBLSL, City of Brotherly Love Softball League, which is, it's a gay softball league, 
you don't have to be gay to play. You can, I mean, and basically anybody can play. It's, it's from rec league to competitive. It's all skill sets. But joining that team, um, you know, I got to meet a lot of the friends that I have today. I actually met my wife playing there the first year. Um, and so, you know, and a lot of our friends come from playing softball. My wife still plays. Um, and it's, um, you know, that is our community. So I'd say just, you know, find find your community in whatever whatever form that may come. Uh, having that support system, I think, is key in not only helping you feel confident about who you are, but also just kind of being able to, you know, meet other people similar to you to let you know that you're not alone. You know, because a lot of times it can feel it can feel isolating. It can feel like you're the only one that's that's going through this, that's feeling this, and I can guarantee you that you're not. <laughs> And with that beautiful piece of advice, shout out to Lauren for being on the show and sharing her story with us. It's a good reminder to be kind to one another, you know? And hey, you can spread that kindness and love right alongside the Flyers. They've got a ton of activations and events set around Philadelphia for the month of June. So like I said earlier, just keep a lookout on Flyers Instagram, Twitter. That's where they will be posting everything that's going on. I hope to see you guys there. And until the next one, stay safe, stay healthy. Bye, guys. Bye.